Talk dirty to me. The Quick and the Dirty with Hillary and Sandra. You're kidding me. You're things that I have put in my mouth. Uh, oh my God, Hillary. <laughs> it's what everyone is talking about. Get jazzy on. I'm Hillary from London. And I'm Sandra from Ottawa. And welcome to the 50th episode of the Quick and the Dirty podcast. Sandra, can you believe it's been a year since we started this thing? We've done 50 episodes together and I still haven't killed you. (laughs) I think the reason why is because we're in different cities. But fair. <laughs> I think that's absolutely fair. You know, I was um, I was going back into my emails the other day. I had to clean out some emails and I saw the early emails that we were sending to each other talking about uh, doing a podcast together. And that's when it dawned on me. We were coming up on the one year anniversary. And I kid you not, my cold, dead heart actually was warmed and I got emotional. I was so I couldn't even believe that it's been a year almost because oh. I couldn't imagine doing it with anyone else. But you, my darling. Oh. So why do you think it warmed your heart? Because it is cold and dead. It like, is cold What is it dead. that makes you feel all warm and fuzzy? I think I'm, it's I'm, because... I'm digging for compliments while I can, by the way. I would fish for compliments if I was you too. It's because I remember the state of mind that I was in a year ago. Um, even, you know, more than that, 13, 14 months ago. Um, I had been on a long running Heritage Morning show at the time. And I remember thinking that I wanted to keep challenging myself in the business and challenging Mm -hmm. myself to do new and different things. And um, it had come up. In fact, uh, we actually might get an extra guest on the podcast today, my boss, Anthony DeRossi. It actually started in a meeting where he was talking about podcasts and how our company is really supporting podcasts and whatever. And I thought, oh, my God, that's it. So I got to thinking about doing a podcast. And then it just sort of dawned on me that what I really wanted to do was work with a woman. And then I made one phone call, and that was just to you. You were the only person I even considered wanting to do a podcast with. Oh, that's with. a lie. That's I'm the only one who you thought could be manipulated into doing it. Hillary, take a goddamn compliment, will you? Uh, no, you this is a compliment, and I gave it to you. But I, I, I'm not joking. I made one phone. I made one call, and that was to you. Well, sometimes you just need to shake things up a little bit. And what I've always loved about this podcast is Sandra and I both have great morning shows that we work on at our home radio stations. You're at Kiss 105.3 in Ottawa. I am at uh, Jack 102.3 in London. I love my work partner. But this is such a different relationship because I, I, I wouldn't say I take a backseat on my show, but he's definitely like the big leader. And this is an opportunity to, you know, lob that ball back and forward on a different playing ground you get to talk about things that maybe I wouldn't be able to talk about with a guy right you're absolutely right and don't forget when you work in as I do top 40 radio or any type of commercial radio uh, sometimes you're a slave to the music as well which I I suppose is the the point (laughs) I like music but I like music too I want it to be about me for a little while (laughs) that's right Hillary, I couldn't have said it better myself. Sometimes uh, a conversation will take uh, a backseat to a great song, and that's okay. There's certainly a place for that in commercial radio, but sometimes mm-hmm. you can't explore a conversation the way you want to, and in our case, have meandering conversations. Right. And the other thing is, on uh, commercial radio, you can't let something breathe. There's no space for space. And contemplation. Yeah. No, I totally feel that way, too. I mean, you can have great moments on live radio and you can have great conversations, but they're a little short for my liking. And, you know, you and I like to beat these topics to death. So... (laughs) 
<laughs> podcasts are great that way. So what happened is that after Anthony sort of brought it up in that meeting, I started, that's when I really became a fan of podcasts and almost a student of podcasts. And I started listening and I definitely have my favorites. And there was one in particular, and I've talked about it before, I think it's called the guys we effed podcast with mm-hmm. uh, Corinne Fisher and Christina Hutchinson. They're comedians out of New York city and they have this, this, they call it the anti slut shaming podcast. Right. And, and it's oh, all about ridiculous stories of dates gone by and events. And- right. Absolutely. And it's really two female comedians or comedians. It doesn't matter that they're women, but they are two women who are friends first and they just talk about things in a way that I'd never really heard two women talk about before. Right. Uh, and, and because it's a podcast, uh, the rules of, uh, you know, the broadcast rules of radio don't mm-hmm. apply. So I, we, however, great. got censored. You know, I, I don't want to ambush anybody, but if Anthony does end up making it in here because I asked him to pop in, there will be an ambush because he's the one that censored us. I don't know that it was his decision, oh, but, no. uh, but I know that he was the deliverer of said news. It did so, not go over well. Uh, if you could have censored that meeting. Can I just tell you? And I might just, if I could just tell you the moment when Anthony said, um, uh, listen, it's been uh, brought to uh, management's attention that you guys are uh, taking liberties with uh, the, the English language and you're swearing too much. I need you to pull back. I'd be like, okay, I'll cut it back. No, I mean, I mean, I need you not to swear at all anymore. When he said that, I marched into his office. Like I literally marched with the arms, like marching and everything with this face on me that made me look like I was a hundred, like I was a kindergarten oh, teacher. Yeah. The, yeah. And I sat down and I said, it's because I'm a middle-aged woman, isn't it? You don't want to hear middle-aged women saying the F word. Well, I'll tell you something. We say the F word all the time. You can't censor me. And then I stopped swearing. Of course, you can censor me. You're my boss. But anyway. Absolutely. Doesn't he know that Sandra Plagakis does not like to be told what she can and cannot do? He learned that day because he uh, he's... I feel like he's one of those people that's playing both sides. Technically, he's a manager, but he used to be on the air, too, so he can feel the plight of the little man, which is us, you know, the <laughs> the, the, the lowly broadcaster. So he's right? like, no, I feel for you, Sandra. It was up to me. It's one of those, you know, when it's like, oh, it was up to me. I, will, I don't care. He's Podcast. telling you what you want to hear. He's totally. T- he's like, he's, he'll make an excellent husband one day. <laughs> 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 no, baby, you're beautiful. That's I would right. never. It's not me. It's them. It's uh, I'm on your side. That's that's Anthony in a yeah. nutshell. But he means well. I, I know he believes in the podcast, and he's been a really big supporter of the podcast. I should say thank you to him and see if we could maybe <laughs> I, if we can like strong arm him into maybe just you know relaxing those rules a little right. bit. I wouldn't be overly mad about it. Right. Well, we'll touch on some of our favorite moments from the podcast uh, later on. But first, I need to catch up on your week. I feel like it's been too long since we spoke. Yeah, I know. It's been a whole week and I can't handle that. (laughs) Um, Okay. Where do I start except uh, two words? Hotel sex. Oh, hello. Are you getting some or did you witness some or like I want the specifics? Okay, let me throw in a third word. Pre-hotel sex. Oh, (laughs) anticipation is everything. Well, Here's the other problem of saying pre-hotel sex and when you use the word anticipation, um, you know, sometimes you don't live up to the hype. Right. You build the expectation too high and you or your partner can't deliver. 
precisely. <laughs> Lowered expectations is usually the way in which you should live your life because then you're never really disappointed. You know where I'm going with this? Yeah. So I think I've put a tremendous amount of pressure on my husband, Tim. Uh, tomorrow night, we are going to Paul Simon in Montreal. We're going to road trip. Excellent. We, we've rented a fancy dancy motel, a hotel in downtown Montreal where our, um, I'm, I'm hoping things will get freaky. Super freaky. <laughs> I don't even want to imagine that. Uh, Now, have you bought lingerie? I actually went to the bay on the The weekend and everything I actually tried on. Usually I'll just buy underwear, you know, but this is like, this is special. I need something frilly. So I, I actually got the underwear. I went into the change room and I started trying on underwear and all of it made me look worse. I'm just, I'm better off (laughs) moving quickly into the bed and then just removing my granny panties. I feel like that's my only move. I can say that every time I've ever tried to pull out the lingerie, it's ended in disappointment. (laughs) Usually my own. Uh, (laughs) With a couple of boyfriends, I've bought it. And like you get the anticipation does build. You're like, oh, I'm going to look so hot. He's going to be so impressed. And I I can remember buying this cute little pink set. It was like kind of innocent, but not. And I put it on and I was all ready to go. And uh, I walk into the bedroom and he had smiled. Smoked a huge joint because he was a bit of a burnout and could barely move and was like, oh, I'm too tired. Can we do it tomorrow? No. Oh, my God. What a disappointment. It was the worst. There is nothing that makes you feel less sexy than being all dressed up in sexy lingerie and still being turned down. <laughs> you just want to be appreciated. I want a moment where I'm appreciated. And that's sort of the leap of faith every woman and guy takes, too, when you're about to have that the, the coitus <laughs> before the coitus. That you you just want to have a moment with your partner and you just want them to appreciate you just for a second, you know, you want them to be mind blown. But I don't know. It doesn't happen as an adult anymore. Um, Agreed. Uh, like once they know, you've they're seen, never yeah. like, whoa, <laughs> wow. No, it's like you look nice. Now take it off. Precisely. I didn't end up buying it. And then what was really weird, it's funny you should mention it was really weird, is that the lady that was helping me in the uh, the changing room kept saying, you got to get one of those sexy thongs. You got to get the thong. I'm like, lady, I am. I don't want that in my life. <laughs> but I don't want not, a thong. You don't have to wear it out. It's, it's, it's to wear in. It's, so to speak. I just like, eh, what's the point? I don't want a thong. I guess I, I, I'm anti-thong. It's true. Do you wear thongs? I can't. Um, It depends. I don't find that they're overly attractive underclothes. Like the whole point of the thong is to hide your underwear. But you can very clearly see the top line because I'm squishy. So it doesn't really do what it's supposed to. Um, And there's nothing attractive about picking your own butt. So Thank you. But... <laughs> but uh, when it comes to like a cute little set, yeah, I get it. I don't feel like my ass presents well, so I don't even know why I would highlight that. I no, feel it's, like it's also for the front. So the thing about I'm going to get real technical here. We're probably going to have to remove this part of the podcast. Okay. But <laughs> hold on, let me try and bleep you. Go ahead, and I'll go. I'll try to bleep you right now. Okay, live so, bleeping. When when you're wearing fancy lingerie, you don't always want to have to take it off to do the business. Okay. Because you're like, I put a lot of effort Beep. in here. I want to leave it on. Beep. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so you 
that kind of underwear is easy to set aside and continue. I'm not following. You don't take it off to do it. You just oh, I see. You can just, you can just, it's just a little bit of a side action there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I gave you a sound effect for the side <laughs> action, you. too. Thank you. It really <laughs> helped with the description. Just, yeah, that's what I'm here for. Uh, I, I suppose, it just feels like it, it's, it's, it doesn't feel functional to me. You know, it's, I don't even understand <laughs> the point of it. But like I said, for me, I like, um, I'm, I'm all about the granny panties. And oh, the high, no wonder. I, I like <laughs> You're really bringing briefs. out all the stops. I know. I like high cut briefs in gray cotton. Yeah. <laughs> I do like cotton underwear. I'm not going to like cotton underwear. It just feels nice. Oh, it my, does. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It feels soft and nice and I don't necessarily feel pretty. Uh, but yeah. So anyway, it, it, the point of the story, Hillary, is I never ended up getting sexy underwear. And, and by the way, I don't feel that satin as a material in general, breathes very well. And yeah, if it doesn't... You, Sandra, you're missing the whole point. You don't actually wear lingerie. You put it on for five minutes and then you take it off. So what you're saying, I go to the hotel and then I switch in to take the cotton off with the... And then... Ha, haven't you not watched a romantic movie? Let me slip into something more comfortable. <laughs> I know, but I... I guess, I don't know. You know what? I don't have game in that department. And my husband, I asked him many years ago. Now we're getting personal. I asked him many, many years ago. I'm like, do you want me to buy something sexy? Because I really wanted to. And he's like, no. And I remember thinking, hmm, that sucks. And I've never really had that lingerie. I don't have lingerie game whatsoever. So I thought I would pull, do something like special and and maybe, you know, go round two on lingerie. Maybe he changes mind now that he's 50. Uh, but now it's it's just not happening. I'm just a I'm just a cotton girl. It's a girl. lot of effort. It is a lot of effort. But I thought, you know what? Maybe where I lack in showmanship, <laughs> I can make up for in uh, you know technique. I have so many lingerie horror stories. My last one was with my current boyfriend, and I I got this like I'm not really into lingerie either, so I just kind of got a cute little nighty and it was sheer and it had like these little um, sort of like polka dot little fluffy things on it but you could still see through it and it had a bit of lace on it and I thought it was super cute it was baby blue because I'm blonde and I thought it was adorable and a little bit sexy but also like a little bit innocent and uh, just like you right (laughs) (laughs) nothing like me at all I put it on and I was like all excited to go to bed and I I wasn't sure anything was going to happen but I thought he'd think it was cute and he says, that looks like my grandmother's tablecloth. <laughs> no. No. I was like, no. <laughs> That's nothing. You can't say that to a Don't, woman. Yeah. You can't do that. Can't. Oh, God. <laughs> my heart is breaking for you right now. As you die laughing. <laughs> Thanks for bringing up grandma. <laughs> Uh, at which point I was like don't you dare try and touch me (laughs) you know I'm like that too as soon as Tim says something like that's wrong I'm done I'm done I'm dropping the mic I'm out of here forget about it I'm sorry I shaved my legs F you I'm out of here Tim almost blew it by the way this hotel thing tomorrow night He he was so close to doing it because we're in my hometown my parents live there Okay. So I said to him, listen, we could do one of two things. We could stay at my parents' house and save 200 bucks on the hotel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure they'll, they'll drive us there. We can Uber back. We'll figure it out. Or we can get the hotel downtown, in which case you're going to have to work the V. <laughs> I believe that. 
I believe Is that's that how your I, way of saying we're going to have sex? <laughs> you have to work the V, and I even point I to it. I got to use that. <laughs> I point to it, so he's, he's, we're very specific about what's happening. I, don't, I mean, I don't want him to go, well, I didn't know what the expectation was. And when I point to the V, now you know. Right? Maybe that's like so much pressure though. Well, this is my this is the problem in that because we've often talked about my inability to be subtle. <laughs> I've created a I've created a problem in that my husband's terrified of me. So, he actually when I gave him the option, he actually paused and considered it because he was so scared. And I went, "Oh, Oh my God, I've emasculated this man. <laughs> Who Most men would be like, yeah, I want to work that V. But he's like, God, I don't know. She's, uh, she's terrifying. If I don't do it well, I have to listen to her complain about it for two <laughs> weeks. That's right. And, or go on the radio or her podcast, even worse. And then, But then I could see the wheels spinning, thinking, do I really want to spend the night at her parents' house? Man, I'll work the V instead. It was like he only took it because it was the, 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 it was a worse option. That's the only reason he took it. That's so sad. And you know what? It's now hotel sex has, to me, has been equated with pity sex because now he's he's taken the V because he does obligation. That's right. So it's pity, and I'm okay with that. It's like when I go to Jamaica and they call me a pretty lady. I know that they pay the staff to be nice to the middle-aged chubby white women. I don't care. Call me a pretty. I'll take it. I'll take whatever you can give me. So that's, um, wow, that was a lot. Sorry. That was <laughs> like, a longer story than I had anticipated. I'll tell you, 50 episodes in, it's getting real, isn't it? It is so getting that's real. Right. We never relaxed. The art. When we, when we started this podcast, it's funny because, you know, we do our quicks and then we get into mm-hmm. the dirty. Uh, I'm, I'm really proud of the way that now we're able to be a lot more open and honest about what's really going on in our lives and we don't hide the pain anymore. It's true. Actually, I want to talk about my rough day. So I started oh. today and it wasn't going very well. Oh. And uh, I had a bit of a, a rough show this morning. I, things weren't really clicking. I was feeling really down. So I was really looking forward to talking to you to turn it around. But it turns out I didn't need you because sometimes you ever get a text message from someone you care about and it just like turns your day around yes so like somebody you love and just to know that you're in their thoughts and and that you know they were thinking about you and wanted to to do something special for you well today i got one of those text messages and guess who it was from tell me it was from my favorite department store telling me that shoes are 50 (laughs) percent that's beautiful Completely turned my day around. I was in such a piss poor mood. (laughs) That's hilarious. Oh my God, Hillary. I got a text the other day telling me my favorite store had a 40% off everything sale. My heart skipped a beat. (laughs) Honestly, text notifications from retail outlets are the best thing that ever happened to my life. Like, I get these are the texts I get from my boyfriend. Hey, babe, morning. I'm like, great, nice. Lovely. I get a text from whatever retail store that shoes are 50% off. I'm on like cloud nine. I'm so happy. I couldn't wait to tell you. Oh my God. Okay. Well, are you gonna... 
I'm so excited for you, Hillary. Are you, so am I like, I feel like I'm cutting into your shoe shopping time right now. I, that's okay. That's okay. I'll be sending you samples and getting your opinion later. <laughs> it's like I'm dating my shoe store. That is amazing. Like um, I send sample text messages. I'll copy the message and send it to my friends, see what they think about it. And then I'll send pictures. I got to get their approval. Do you think if the people, the shoe store people knew how much, you know, good that they were creating every once in a while, they could just send like a true like, how you doing? <laughs> how you doing, Hill? Like just a check in once in a while. No strings attached. You know, honestly, I feel like it would be life changing. I do, too. I just think if they took it, it's, that's called customer care, right? Right. And if my favorite makeup store sends me a notification about a sale, this day is going to be amazing. <laughs> do you know, I've been driving my car before, uh, recently, I would say, and I got a text, and I, I'm embarrassed to say I did look at it, and there was a, a big sale happening at my favorite store. I literally, I literally <laughs> did a Tokyo drift off the highway. I spun out, and I took that exit like nobody's business, and that changed my day in a way I can't explain. Wow, that's... Um, I, I wish re- I wasn't so attached to retail therapy. I clearly don't have the paycheck to manage my needs yeah. as far as retail therapy is concerned. But it really does make me feel better. Hillary, I remember that pair of shoes that I sent you a couple of weeks ago that I love, these sparkly shoes. Oh, yeah. And I believe the headline was, they will be mine. Uh huh. But they were a little pricier than I wanted to spend. And I don't like spending full retail on any, anything because I'm cheap. Okay. And I'm all about the sale. Like, I live for the sale and that satisfaction of getting a deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bought them full price the other day. Um, and I had to talk myself into it. And I had a complete stranger at the store talk me into it, too. I'm like, what do you think? She's like, get the shoes. And I bought them. And I can't remember feeling that good <laughs> in a while. Like, I, I'm just that. And I brought them home. And they're sitting in a box in my room right now. I'm like, hee, hee, hee. Ooh, I can't wait. Like, it's just so shallow. But I don't care. I know. The first time I ever bought really expensive shoes was a life changer for me. And I, I've maybe worn them 10 times, but just knowing like a ridiculous amount of money on shoes. I spent $400 on a pair of boots. Girl. And <laughs> I don't know what? what it is about owning them. I cannot afford to own them. It's the only time I've ever done it, but it, they make me feel so good. You know, that's funny. I because had a conversation. I'm worth yeah. it. You are worth it. You're worth 500 hills. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> You're easily 500. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, years ago, I had a conversation with a woman about the same thing. She was in New York City. She spent a ridiculous amount of money on these boots. And uh, she was telling me about this emotional attachment she had and what it meant to her to spend that mi- amount of money on herself. It's a validation almost, you know? What Did it feel like you're validating yourself as a person? Like, I'm worth it. Well, yeah, a little bit because I I never used to spend money on myself and I was very chintzy. Like like you, I would never pay retail for anything. Um, I barely bought clothes. And part of that was because at the time I was heavier, so I didn't feel like I could buy clothes that would be worthwhile because nothing looked good on me. And I had this pair of boots and I... I wasn't going to spend the money. I hummed and hawed, and I finally did it. And it was a life changing for me. It made me, and I know it shouldn't, but it made me feel like I could spend that money on myself and I, it was worth it and I was worth it. And then I started investing in time for myself and other things to, to better myself. And how long ago was that? 
That was four years ago. I just I love that you remember the way you felt when you bought that pair of shoes because or that pair of boots because that's what it is. It's that feeling, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily like it's a friggin' shoe for God's sake. It's just that <laughs> feeling and all the things that come with it. Guys yeah. would never understand that. No. I wonder, like, I wonder what I a guy's did this for myself. Is. I made that money. Yeah. And I spent it on me. Yeah, you spent it on something super shallow and fabulous. <laughs> as you should as you have the right to do. As we all have the right to do. But I was wondering what, what do you think a guy's equivalent would be? Video games, sports equipment. Yeah, or tickets to like a sporting event or maybe, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they have the equivalent if they get the emotionality the way that we do out of something. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. Uh, Middle-aged men in cars. Oh, I have like my entire suburb is a midlife crisis happening around me. I've never seen so many men having a midlife crisis. Uh, You know, it like it's everywhere that I go. What is my son Olson thinks I'm having a midlife crisis. I can't remember what it was that I was doing. Oh, I bought some shoes. And he said, is that your midlife crisis? I'm like, no, I've had a midlife crisis long ago. Now I'm just spiraling. Don't worry. By the way, Olson has been listening to um, our podcast, mm-hmm. and it just dawned on me that he's going to hear his mother talking about the V. <laughs> Working uh, the V. Um, <laughs> what? His bedroom is like 20 feet away from mine, so now he's going to be like... <laughs> I'm sure he's already heard your demands. <laughs> You know what? You're kind of like my parents. I can remember my my mother complaining about not getting any, like all of my really? teen. And it, it, what? Yeah, seriously. What? Your you know my you parents? Know like I know that they don't have an active sex life because my mom complains about it a lot, which was really oh embarrassing God. in like my teens and twenties and even now. But it's also somewhat reassuring. So she took <laughs> shots at your hut, at your dad in front of you. Oh yeah. Or just had talks with you about how she oh, wasn't just getting. Talks any. With me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. And did that change the way that you looked at your father? No. What like I I don't think it's... it was like reassuring. Why? Because I don't want to think about my parents doing it. But then, do you now that you're an adult and you look back, don't you feel sad for them that they didn't have this great sex life? Or is it not your concern? <laughs> it's not my problem. It's not so not your problem. <laughs> and, I, and I have uh, told myself that it won't happen to me, which is totally denial. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, here's the thing. And that's where the sexy lingerie comes in. Sometimes you need to pull out all the tricks, you know, and the problem, the problem is after a while you run out of tricks. Yeah, but you don't need tricks. Like, I think women think we need all the lingerie and stuff like that. That's for us. Men need a good meal, but not too good because they can't be too full. That's true. One glass of wine. Leave them one. Right. And that's about it. Uh, Hillary. I'm sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt, but a special guest has just walked into the uh, Quick and the Dirty podcast. Uh, I was talking about Anthony a second ago. Anthony, for hi, Anthony. Hey. Hold on a second. I'm turn on, I'll turn on your microphone before I speak to you. Okay, try now. Hello? Nope. Come on. It's been a year and she still doesn't know how to use the studio equipment. Okay, try it now. I can now hear myself. I can hear myself. I hear you as well. Okay, sorry about that. Oh, it's always the one thing that I never get right. Sorry about that. Um, Anthony DeRossi, you know Hillary. Hillary, you know Anthony. Hi. Hi. Nice to hear from you again. Yeah, last time I saw you, we were at uh, dinner in Toronto. That's right. Yeah, we that, were knee deep in pasta, as they say. Yeah, I'm still full from that. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think oh, so it's so good. My breath still stinks. <laughs> so we started off the podcast, Anthony, by reminiscing because uh, it's been 
Officially now, one year since we started the Quick and the Dirty podcast, you are now the uh, guest on the 50th episode of the Quick and the Dirty podcast. First time. And first, Yeah, first about, time. About time. Probably the last time. <laughs> and <laughs> First of all, can I just jump in here really quick? Yes, of course. My chair is so low. <laughs> and <laughs> the, the joke when you come into my office is that your chair is always low, which is a blatant power move. Now, is this the opposite? Is that what's going on? Uh, always. <laughs> Do you want to fix it? No, Go I'm ahead. fine. I'm, all right. I'm Are you sure? It's just... Just, just, just so I like that he's, he's looking up to me as he should right now. <laughs> Anthony, we started off the podcast by reminiscing about the year that we've had and the origins of this podcast. And I, I couldn't move on unless I personally had you in to thank you because it was the, I remember it vividly. We we're in a meeting. You started talking about podcasts in general because I know you're a big fan of podcasts and how you would love if there was an original podcast coming out of this, uh, this Rogers building in Ottawa. And I remember putting my hand up going, I want to know. And uh, <laughs> Sandra that, wanting attention, I, I can't even imagine. <laughs> Make it about me. Can I do a podcast all about me? And uh, that sort of got the wheels turning. And you have been a huge supporter of the Quick and the Dirty podcast. In fact, he even listens to it, Hillary. You're one of our 10 listeners. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Which is a, a good thing and a bad thing, I suppose. Like uh, yesterday, I text Sandra out of nowhere. I'm like, why is there echo on Hillary's voice on last week's podcast? Oh, uh, I was probably uh, off my mic a little bit. Yeah, whatever it happens. Yeah, I know. But it, and you know, Hillary thinks that you listen to it so you can catch us uh, smack talking you. <laughs> no, I just assume that happens. I don't have to hear it in real time. <laughs> uh, before you came on the podcast, we did talk about the year that we've had and that we had a lot of creative l- liberties at the beginning, um, and perhaps <laughs> we. We pushed the boundaries a little bit in the in terms of the language sure. that was used on the podcast. And I talked about the moment that I marched into your office and I said, is it because I'm a middle aged woman that you don't like to hear me say the F word? And uh, and then you then you tried to appease me. That was a great moment. Yeah. First of all, I, I wouldn't consider you middle aged. Oh. He's Since good. we're on the appeasement uh, train. <laughs> Thank you. I'm way past it. I know. Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, podcasting is a new thing, right? Like the world is still being explored and no one knows where this is going to go. And, you know, uh, it's it's something that people are just starting to discover. We seem to think like like podcasting is everywhere and everyone listens to it. But, you know, I see research and I and I go to conferences and stuff like that. And it's still in its infancy. So that's the, the, the thing to remember. So we're kind of jumping into uncharted waters. So when we started this podcast, being that it's not on the radio and it's online and digital and and all that. The thought process was, you know, if you let out a uh, a, a swear word or some, or you know a curse every once in a mm-hmm. while, you know, I, I want you to be yourself, and, and because this is online, you know, I don't want you to to be limited. I want you to really jump into this feet first, lean in as they say, lean in as they say. Um, so maybe you can describe how you took that. Not- <laughs> <laughs> I can give an inch, take eight thousand yeah. miles. <laughs> The C word became a regular. Guest. I don't think I ever dropped the C word. Did oh, I? I'm pretty sure you did. Did I? I it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, Listen, I don't remember hearing it. But I'm sure be, she yeah. deserved it. Okay, whoever I called that. <laughs> Isn't that always a justification when sure. you use the C word? She really is one, though. Yeah, you're not going to throw it out willy nilly. <laughs> oh well, well, well. <laughs> Except you, when I gave you a little bit of leeway to, to swear a bit on this podcast. So I, I think it's just it went- such a novelty. To be right. able to do that as a broadcaster, because you can't on uh, on your as part of your everyday job. No, 
No, no, not at all. And to be honest, and I was on the radio for a long time as well. And whenever I turned on the mic to go on air, that switch in my brain turned off. Like it, I never even almost accidentally swore when I was on the air. I don't know if that's if that's the same for you guys, but you just get used to not swearing on the air. And then as soon as the mic's off, you know, it comes naturally, and obviously it does for you as well. But um, I find when you go on air, you just don't swear. But I, th- obviously, when you start doing this podcast, that maybe that little trigger was uh, disabled. Yeah, and it's funny because I I was I felt so free. When I was mm-hmm. swearing in front of a open mic, it was something completely different. And that feeling of pure liberation, which I have never felt before, because I've always felt that I've been holding back in radio because mm-hmm. I do want to say words. And at the end of the <laughs> I day, I want to say words, Anthony. You know what? At the end of the day, they're just words. Thank you. Know? you. Uh, like, don't get me wrong. This isn't a rule I made. This is a rule the government of Canada made. Now, uh, see, see, and, and, he's good, eh, Hillary? You know, and, and that being <laughs> deflect, said, deflect. <laughs> that being said, uh, we also have to respect parents that might be listening with their kids and all that kind of stuff. You don't want to upset them. But at the end of the day, words are just words, and it, as long as they're not done in a hateful manner. It doesn't freak me out that much. I agree. Have you noticed that we've slipped in a couple of good ones every once in a while? (laughs) But we do it like deep into the podcast so that actually I think you're the one who pointed out that I dropped one. I think I said uh, it rhymes with, um, let's see, it starts with S and it rhymes with hit. Yeah. Yeah. And, (laughs) and, and, you know, it's funny you drop it later in the podcast because I think it's been it's been shown through studies that the listening drops off major, you know, throughout the course of a podcast. Like a lot of people listen at the beginning. By the time you get to the end, you obviously have a a little less people listening but uh, Anthony I have a couple of questions yeah. so one of the the things that I found with doing this podcast is Sandra and I have been much more open about our lives and our personal lives and going into more detail because we have more time as Sandra's employer do you feel like you know things about Sandra that you wish you didn't know <laughs> Uh, it's funny you asked that because before you guys recorded this podcast this morning, I learned a lot of things that I didn't necessarily need to know. Actually, Anthony, sorry to interrupt you. That's That was my quick this week, yeah. Tim working the V. Yeah, so I, I got the lowdown <laughs> on that. I told the hotel sex story. I got the lowdown on that pre-podcast. So uh, to answer your question, Hillary, I, I get this stuff in the office. I don't need the podcast for it. Sandra's fairly open when it comes to everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm sorry for adding my part to it. <laughs> Can I ask you something about lingerie, by the way? <laughs> now that we have a man, I feel like we have to. Okay, just quick recap. I tried to buy some sexy lingerie for tomorrow night when the husband works the V. Boy, you're going all... Like, has I'm it going, been a year? Like, <laughs> Jesus. I'm just desperate. Um, and I decided not to go. And Hillary and I are talking about the value of lingerie. You're a, you're a, you, you're a man. You're, you're engaged. You're getting married. Yeah. So this is, this is a whole new world that you're going to be entering of married sex. Do, is, is lingerie an important part of the process for men? I think it depends on the person, obviously. For me personally, you know, everyone has their thing. For me, not really. It's, I'm, um, are you it's just wrapping paper. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes wrapping paper is really nice. It's fun to open the package. Yeah, no, there's there's a benefit to it. There's definitely a benefit to it. And, you know, you uh, listen, when you're married, you have to find ways to, to change things up over the course of time because that initial sort of, you know, the endorphins that fire off when you're first making love with someone or the first time you meet someone or the first time you kiss someone, that, that stuff's gone. You Can know, I just cry once, foul on you? 
You said making love. Ew. Well, having sex for the first time with someone, whatever he's the case is. He's trying to be he's, gentle with he's it. He's so cute. I, have, I actually know a woman who dumped a guy because he called it right. making love. And she's like, I can't. I can't be with this you person. Know, and Sandra, you probably haven't made love since 1987. I, mean, <laughs> I mean. You just used Tim Bonner. Poor Tim. Just yeah. I'm like, just put a paper bag. You can, you know what? You just go on, go on your computer. I'll do what I have to do down here. But here's the thing: don't you find that lingerie, although it's a pretty package, it's a pressure package because you've got to deliver. Like, if a girl's gonna bring it, then you, the expectation is that you also have to bring it. Yeah, you know, it's tough to be a guy sometimes. You know, I feel for Tim or Bonner or whatever you call him. I call him Tim Bonner. That's you know, his full name. A lot of a lot of guys are just assumed that uh, at the drop of the hat, we want to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're only here to 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 bang on command. But, yeah. uh, you know, that's not the case, especially as you get older. It's just, you know, we're not machines. We're not robots like that. That's very disappointing to hear because I, <laughs> the way you say it, I actually did think you were. Just on command. I feel the same yes. way about morning. Morning time, and that always seems to be when my boyfriend wants to get things going because, you know, a boner is a terrible thing to waste. And I just, I, I don't feel sexy in the morning. My hair is gross. I have a layer of mascara that has migrated from my eyes to my cheeks. My <laughs> breath is disgusting. I don't feel fresh. But that's always when he wants to go. Yeah. And that's like the worst. Yeah, I, 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 I sense that. You know what? I think you both go into it knowing that you're not going to be your freshest when you're doing the morning thing, you know? Yeah. That's my bigger problem is all the things that Hillary said. Plus, I'm Greek, so there's been an extensive amount of <laughs> hair growth overnight. There's so, a 5 a.m. shadow. <laughs> that's right. Whereas I was smooth when I went to bed, my legs would be prickly in the morning, and I, I just, I can't. Yeah. Well, if I shave my legs, I want instant gratification and credit for having a nice smooth leg. And you've got a 32 minute window to make that happen. So, as far as your, uh, as far as your trip tomorrow. To Montreal, yes. You're you're hoping for the the evening and the morning. I'm hoping for yeah. As soon as we go to the hotel, I'm hoping for it. As soon as we check in, because uh, I'll have worked the morning show, so I don't want to get too tired. So I want to get it out of the way. Then I want to have a nice <laughs> night. You are a demanding lover. Uh, well, no. Usually, I just starfish, Hillary. I don't really do much. I just expect things to be done to me, and then in the morning, I expect something too. And if it's anything less, uh, you'll be hearing me bitch about it mm. about a week from now on the Quick that and Dirty podcast. That is a lot of pressure. Um, sometimes, if he just tells me I'm pretty, that's enough. To be honest, does with he know you. that? Um. Yeah, he does know that, but he yeah. forgets because sometimes you have to remind. I I feel like Tim needs pep talks along the way. I'm like his coach. I'm his coach <laughs> Do you give him a smack on the butt too? Yeah, you know, we all get lazy and complacent. <laughs> yeah, hopefully if I do it right. But you know how we get lazy and complacent in life? Every once in a while you need your coach to say, hey, hey champ, come on over here. You know what? You know? Sometimes I, I understand the benefit of spontaneity, but uh, to keep a, a sex life going, I think in marriage, you, sometimes you need to create a schedule. You just yeah. have to get her done. You just have to you get know? her done. We have, we have a built-in schedule in my relationship because we only see each other on the weekends. So it's understood that once, one to three times on the weekend, we will get make that happen. <laughs> I love that you have a maximum. <laughs> what happens if you go four? You're like, oh, hey, slow down. I said three. Does it work that way? Or I've heard that um, Monday Night Football, halftime, it's a good time to get your guy in Is there. Is it? Yeah. I knew a couple that did, that does that. 
Monday Night Football at halftime every that week. That works for me because yeah. we have a ongoing rules in our relationship that if I'm forced to watch sports, he has to rub my back or my head and call me pretty. <laughs> and call you pretty? Does it, yes. like When you're forcing him to call you pretty, is that really sincere? Is that what you're looking for? Is it, 100%. Is it? Okay. Uh, me too. I forget that I told him that he has to do it, so he just does it. <laughs> wow. I like how we you brought me in here to, 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 to get a manager's view on podcasting and it's devolved into scheduling sex. Okay, Anthony, we're a year into the podcast. What's your favorite episode? My favorite episode? Oh, I'm going to be a little biased on this one. Um, I have two of them actually. Oh, one of them bi- one of them biased, one of them non biased. Uh, the one that was non that I'm non biased about is when you had the uh, the ex con in here. Oh, she was good. Yeah, Kim, yeah. Kim from the Kim in the Big House. That was incredible. That was a great. That's my favorite episode. Yeah, of like the year, I, actually, I was, yeah. I was, I was so compelled to listen because I've never been to jail. I don't know what it's like, especially in America. Anthony, you're too pretty for jail. No, I, <laughs> you I'm would be scared. Destroyed in jail, you would be. Wow, you I would, would be. have to accept my circumstances <laughs> just to live if I ever made it to jail. Have you seen his hair? You've got the best hair. Thanks. You I've be, actually. Yeah. I feel like it's been. I've been spraying some stuff on it. I think it's been working. <laughs> yeah, you bet. Yeah, you'd yeah. be very. You'd be yeah. a pretty boy in jail yeah. for sure. Okay, so what's your your bias? The bias episode? one I'm about is when you had uh, my close friend in, who was the swinger, the swinger couple. So I, I, oh, yeah. I listened to that entire podcast. And they don't like being called swingers if you heard the podcast. They're polyamorous. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's right. right. That's right. Swingers has a negative connotation, right? You know, I have learned a couple things about myself over the course of the year. Uh, if I had to go back and say what what I've discovered, it's that I would like to believe that I'm far more open-minded than I am. Mm. Interesting. Have you learned anything about yourself, Sandra? Um. I've learned that I'm probably more insecure that I would that I would like to admit, um, or that you portray. Yes, both of those things. Um, I would like to probably admit that um, I'm probably more sensitive too, because I've heard some stories that have made me legit like emotional too along the way, and it's also forced me to think about things in a way I hadn't before, like the polyamorous couple re-examining love and relationships. And just realizing that everybody has a story. Yeah, and and to be honest, and I think as a as a broadcaster, this is uh, forcing you guys to expand even your just your, your broadcasting sort of skills. Yeah. Because when you're used to doing once, like you've been doing morning radio, which is fairly similar day in and day out for 15 years longer. I'm in the 20s now, Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing morning radio. But Again, you're mind. not middle aged. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, and Hillary, I know you've been doing it for a long time as well. And now not it's as like, long as you would think. Well. Uh, a few years, anyway. Yeah. 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 Um, and now you get to sit back and have long-form interviews with people where it's not a rush. You have time to breathe. You have time to really get to know a story and get to know the person you're interviewing, get to know each other in a way that uh, you wouldn't get in your day-to-day sort of work life. So I think that's cool. And I think it, 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 it expands, just expands the skills, you know? I think one of the other things I learned by doing this podcast for a year is that Interviews can go horribly right or like amazingly right and horribly wrong. And pre-screening your interview people is very important. <laughs> where are we going? <laughs> Sandra, I, you I know where you're going with this. You I know, know exactly which one I'm talking listen, about. I don't want to poop on anybody right now, but we had one interview that was so <laughs> bad this year and you know when you're just trying to you're just trying to hustle you're just trying to hustle something you're trying to get yeah 
Like, and you're getting monosyllabic, uh, yes, no answers, short answers. There's no real, uh, there's no conversation happening. Uh, that was the worst interview I've conducted in my entire career. And that person was pre-screened, in fact. And when they, when they, they called me on my radio show, uh, and we had a bit of a conversation, I could tell that they were kind of a dullard, but the fact that they called the radio station <laughs> to have a conversation, I thought would imply that they were open and, and into it and whatever. Wanting to talk, yeah. Yeah. And then when they came on the podcast, I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> I don't think that we got nothing. Uh, of course, we're talking about the furry episode. Oh, Hillary, uh, why? I don't want that because, okay, I just don't want, okay, it was a bad, it was the worst one we've done. <laughs> I wouldn't even say it was the worst, but what it taught me was that, uh, Knowing a little bit more about the subject matter and where that person is coming from is kind of key because I spent most of that episode in complete shock and awe at how serious these people are are taking the furry lifestyle. Like it, it blew my mind because it, it just seemed to make no sense to me. And I I think that was part of my learning process for knowing that I'm not as open as I'd like to think that I am. Yeah. Yeah, that was shocking that they were very serious about it. And I, I was shocked that it wasn't a sexual thing necessarily either. In fact, mostly it isn't a sexual thing. It's a role playing kind of a thing. And I, I also saw something very tragic in um, not just the person that we were interviewing, but the whole the general concept that you have to be somebody else to be fulfilled in life and just being yourself isn't enough. That's what I heard. What that. That, that's what made me sad about that episode mostly. But it also, yeah, you're right, taught me to do my homework a little better. <laughs> and, but Hillary, when we do an interview and we have someone in, there's two ways to look at it. You can either prepare and know the subject matter and then be an expert, which is kind of no fun. Or you right. can, sometimes I like to pe- have like the polyamorous one, for example. I didn't read anything. I just went on what I knew in life about polyamory and just asked honest questions like I would ask if we were in a bar having a drink. Uneducated questions. Yeah, and, and, and I personally, I, that's what I want to, to, this podcast to be. It's uh, based, Uneducated? Yeah, you yeah uneducated. Uh, no, just An something. idiot's guide to life. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted you guys to talk to real people about real things that you guys are not experts on and you know, ask the questions that anyone listening would ask. With your frame of reference, I mean, people that listen to this podcast—they're listening probably because they're a fan of yours and they're a fan of Hillary's. And uh, and when you're talking to these people, that's sort of the—that's the lens I wanted to go through, right? That's the way I look at it. Well, we have millions of listeners now. <laughs> millions upon millions. There is no only one way to go, and that's up. And I, I just realized something, Anthony, uh, Hillary. You know that Anthony is getting married in the next year, right? Yes. So congratulations, you know, yes. by the way. So he's in a hell that, uh, right? you know, that he's planning a wedding. He's got a lot of expectations. A lot of money is going to be changing hands in the next year. Mm. Um, I can't wait. I hope to have you back on. And I'm serious about that to talk about how it's going, because uh, I'd I'd like to hear more about the the process. I would love to hear about it from both your your side and also your fiance side. Sure. Because your perception of how it's going may be different. <laughs> I mean, I, I can tell you, uh, this could be a little teaser, but I can tell you a lot of things, a couple of things that are immediately different. Um, she has this want of the of the, the podcast, the, uh, the wedding to be all about us, right? This is our night. We want, this is how it's going to be. Whereas me, I just want to throw a good party for my friends. I'm less concerned about my sort of, and that that that's what makes me happy, I guess, is, is, the, way, is the way you would put it. So that, that was a little differing for sure. 
It's about her, not you. I'm, I'm sure. I just want to <laughs> fill you I in know. on that. And, and the other thing is, and the other thing is, um, and a lot of people that I say this to say it's not going to be the case. But we're already living together. And by the time we get married, we'll have been living together for almost three years, I think. And um, to me, it's like we're going to get married and we're going to go home, and it's going to be exactly the same as as you know as before we were married. But everyone I've talked is like, no, it's not the same. So we'll see. You know, it's the same, Anthony. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I was right the whole time. Mar- the first week after you get married, it's hot because then it's it's in your brain. This is married sex. Married sex is super hot, and then a month, and it's like now it's exactly like it was before. Still <laughs> you. That's fine. I just have to stop saying fiance and have to start saying wife. It's the only thing that's yeah. different. Really, yeah. it is. And that and that if if anything goes awry, and I'm not saying it will, of course, but then there's just a crap load of paperwork on the tail end of it. You know, with lawyers. But aren't, aren't we already there though with the common law thing? To some degree, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, you're yeah. right about that. It's once you're in, you're, you're in. You're, you're in. in. It's like you're so, a prisoner. But I'm happy to be in. But you're oh, very happy to be oh, in. Good. Uh, I nice. can't wait to hear all about it. I have to get going. Oh, okay. Well, bye. <laughs> Is this literally how we're going to end the 50th episode? <laughs> well, I have people waiting to leave. No. Okay. <laughs> Hillary, I love you. The last year has been fantastic. I can't believe it's been 50 episodes. I hope for another 50 more. I absolutely hope so as well. And I can't wait to touch base with you to talk about our mutual Paul Simon experiences. Okay, done. And the last thing I would say is is thank you for curbing the swearing. (laughs) (laughs) And don't forget to follow The Quick and the Dirty on social. Instagram, at Hillary on air, at Sandra Kiss 105.3. Twitter, at Hillary Welch, at Sandra Kiss 105.3. And Facebook, at Quick and Dirty Podcast. If you've got a question for us, you can email us at thequickandthedirty at gmail.com.